Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Wednesday morning to everybody here. Oh, guys, what a what a privilege to see each and every one of you. I just never cease to be amazed when we start this devotion each morning and you guys just pile in. And uh, Brenda, you were the first one I saw this morning from Facebook. And Carol, you were the first one I saw from YouTube. I, I can see, oh, yeah, I got this little thing flying past my face. And and sometimes it distracts me. And so if I seem like I'm not here, well, I'm not all here. You haven't you figured that out yet? Good morning, devotees, MD family 2021. What a privilege to do life with you each and every day. And what a great subject on this first Wednesday of the month, June 2nd. If prayer won't work, seven promises of God. You're going to enjoy this today, and I believe it'll be edifying and building your prayer life because this devotion began. This devotion began in August 2019, and it began, it began and sort of formed the basis of this, the book on prayer. And we are a group that believe in the power of prayer and the power of community. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in prayers. And we believe that is prayers of the body. Prayers gathering together. And so we welcome you here today. Miriam and Lonnie, Dorothy, thank you for being a part of this. Ted, Amy, if prayer won't work, seven promises of God. First Wednesday, for those of you in the area, first Wednesday service tonight. Next week, 75th camp meeting in Lufkin, Texas. Don't want to miss that if you can make it. Not sure if they stream the services. If you're not able to physically be there, I'll find that out for you. You know the drill. Like, share, follow the page. And loop people. Loop people. I, I was talking to someone yesterday and they started sharing this page and, and they, they brought in their, their high school buddies from 50 years ago and now are part of this divorce, this devotion family and, Wow, what a group. What a great group. Thank you for this, and thank you for being a part of this. Ricky, Marcia, Bridget, thank you. And let's see what God has for us. I I awakened this morning uh, thinking about Hannah's unrelenting pain. Her unrelenting pain and her unstoppable prayer. You remember Hannah. She was without child. The Bible says year by year she went to the house of the Lord and she inquired of God. And she felt her only resource was God, that God and God alone could help her. We read that she was in bitterness of soul. That's the Bible expression. She prayed unto the Lord. She wept sore. No response. No matter how many times she inquired of God, prayer just didn't seem to work. Prayer didn't work. That's what it felt like. Year after year, no response, no answer. We read that in the days of Christ's flesh, he offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears and was heard. Tears and prayer, strong crying and tears seemed to just usher in answers to prayer, not anger in prayer, not fear in prayer, not screaming in prayer, tears and prayer, strong crying of prayer, not weeping tears of sorrow, not weeping tears of regret and remorse, 
but tears of great bitterness of soul that recognize, God, you're my source. I need an answer. Hannah wept such tears. And in her crying out to God, this is what touched me this morning when I read her story again, the opening of 1 Samuel. Year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord. Years came and the years went and she kept praying. Prayer won't work. Prayer's not working. Here is the great temptation we have, that when a prayer goes unanswered or seems to go unanswered, we believe that prayer doesn't work. And we're inclined to simply quit praying and to walk away from the altar and to quit crying out to God. And we just say prayer won't work. And this is where it's worth remembering the meaning of Hannah's name. Hannah means grace. When prayer doesn't work, we've got grace. When prayer doesn't produce the desired result, we have a grace that is sufficient. Wasn't that Paul's answer three times? He said, I sought God would remove this thorn in this flesh, this messenger of Satan sent to buffet me. And finally, the answer came for unanswered prayer. For those moments when we pray and pray and nothing happens, for those times, grace, great grace, sufficient grace, to see us through. Oh, can I get a witness to that? Zane, Barbara, Jose, isn't that so powerful? Grace to carry us. When prayer doesn't work, then maybe we're lacking the grace to understand what God is up to. Grace says it may not happen in my time, but in God's time. Three times, once, twice, thrice, three times, Paul said, I pray, I pray. But my deliverance didn't come. My prayer didn't work. My healing didn't arrive. That thorn in the flesh didn't leave. And Hannah, year after year, we read, in bitterness of soul, she prayed. She came to the house of God. The answer didn't come. Because the answer didn't come how and when you and I wanted it to come. We conclude prayer won't work. Prayer's not working. I think it's a matter of perception in a lot of cases. In Paul's case, there was a higher purpose in his pain. God wanted to reveal sufficient grace. In Hannah's case, there was a timing issue. There was a moment, a glorious moment in which God wanted to receive praise. But in both cases, the answer to prayer rested on the character, God's character and his nature. In the final analysis, hear me carefully, prayer is not simply about results. It's about our relationship with God, our encounter with the divine. Sometimes we're going to leave that encounter as Jacob did at Bethel with our face shining and have visions of God. Other times, like Jacob at Jabbok, we're going to limp into a new day. But at all times, prayer is about an encounter with the divine where we don't leave the same way. We came. God changes us. When it seems prayer isn't working prayer, then it means God is working on us. Yes. If the results of prayer was simply God answer me when I want it, how I want it, then we're going to find that prayer won't work sometimes. But if we view prayer as our time for a divine encounter to pour out our hearts to God, to give him access to our hearts and life, then prayer is always going to work. But because the true mission and goal of prayer then is not simply to get an answer, but to draw nigh unto God and let him draw nigh unto us. Oh, praise God. 
It doesn't mean that not getting an answer or getting an answer isn't important. We, we believe that. But here's what we also believe. Just as John was the disciple whom Jesus loved and was always hanging out close to Jesus, he would ask and the Lord answered. He was carried into heaven to see things beyond the, this world, that the more we abide in him, the more we ask of him, the more is done. If prayer won't work, then maybe we're looking at it wrong. Maybe it's more than, God, I'm having a picnic today. Don't let it rain. Now, I believe we can take all things to God, but maybe it's more of an attitude. God, rain or shine, I need you, and my life is in your hands. Such prayer always works, and it has the grace to work in you and for you. Since the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much, since it has such great power, and since Jesus said everybody that asks, receives, and those who seek, find, and to him who knocks, it will be open. And since and since Jesus is the one that said, we're talking about red letters, all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. And if you ask anything in my name, according to my will, I will do it. And whatever we ask of him, we receive from him. Then to say prayer won't work is to misunderstand prayer because prayer works all the time in God's time, in God's way. Prayer is when you invite God to work on you. Yeah. The promise of answers to prayer is based on the character and the promises of God. God makes promises to us. Do you know there are 7,487 promises in the Bible where God promises things to people? In other words, the one who cannot lie, who will not lie. The promise maker is the promise Keeper. Oh, I like that. If he, if he made 7,500 or so promises to you, the promise maker is the promise keeper. Don, you found that to be the case. Kirk, Gail, Rebecca, haven't we all found that to be the case? That the promise maker is the promise keeper. And what he promises is going to happen. He promises to care about everything we go through, to feel as we feel, to grieve as we grieve. He promises to love you, to be with you, to take your ashes and transform them into beauty. This is what he promises and so much more, nearly 7,500 promises God makes to his people. How can you wrap your mind around that? That the thousands and thousands of promises that God makes to us, they belong to us. Hannah discovered it though. Year after year, when she prayed, God saw her. God knew what was happening. And when all those years, prayer just didn't seem to work, God was working his plans. There are several things I need to remind myself when I feel prayer won't work. And and listen, it's all based on the character of God, the promise maker, who is the promise keeper. That if my prayers align with his promise, then the likelihood of answers are so much greater. I'm traveling on the Autobahn of the prayer highway. I'm traveling in the fast lane with my the pedal to the metal when my prayers align with his promise. Listen to me carefully. His person 
is revealed in his promise and his promise reveals his purpose. So when I pray his promises, I'm praying what he wants me to pray. When we pray prayers aligned with his promises, we're praying prayers aligned with his person and his purpose. Oh yeah, I can't go through 7,500 promises, but can I give you seven? Seven, when prayer won't work, when prayer doesn't seem to get through, when you feel like you're losing heart, you're ready to walk away. I want to give you seven promises that you need to pray and you need to pray these prayers and watch prayer work on you and work for you. Seven promises of God. Okay, my scribes, I need you here today. Number one, I will be with you. God promised that. You remember that old hymn? We don't sing it anymore. It's so dated in its melody, rhythm, chords. It's more suitable for a barbershop quartet. And I like that more than a worship song. But I find myself drawn not to the melody of those old songs, but to the lyrics, to the phrases that just linger with me. Here's how the verse went, the the opening verse. I've seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. I've heard the voice of Jesus telling me still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And then the chorus is so, so curious. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. And then the course ends with that same double negative. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Oh, never alone. God's with me. When I'm praying, Lord, I, I know you're with me. Never alone. That negative becomes so positive. That no becomes a yes. No, never alone. It's in Hebrews 13, 5. The Lord says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's what it says. But if you could grasp the meaning in the Greek, you're going to actually find that there's a fivefold assurance, almost like five smooth stones from a brook. To give it emphasis in the Greek would be to say it like, this, and this is not a literal translation, but here's what it would literally, here's what it would practically mean, okay? He hath said, I will never, never leave thee. I will never, never, never forsake me. It's a five-fold negative. No, never alone. So when prayer doesn't work, claim his promise. Lord, you said you'd be with me. Oh, praise God. Here's the second promise. The Lord says, I will go before you. When the writer of Hebrews said he will never leave us or forsake, he was quoting Deuteronomy 31.8. But there's a phrase before that in Moses writing, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you, never forsake you. In that wilderness journey, they had a visible image of that, that pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, it went before them. God goes before us. Before we got to this Wednesday morning or whenever you listen to this today, God was already here. God already marched through our Wednesday. So fear nothing. He's already been here. You just follow his footsteps through this day. He's already ordained the path. Nothing will happen to you that he hasn't already seen and inspected. Yeah, he'll go before us. Here's the third promise to pray. 
God says, I will work for you. Deuteronomy 130, the God who goes before you will fight for you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? When we need to pray, when we pray, we need to remember that God promised in Isaiah 64, God who in behalf of the one who, God works in behalf of the one who waits for him. That's verse four. We wait, God works. That's what prayer is. It's waiting on God to do the work. It's waiting on God to fight the battle. If you can't wait on him to work, then prayer won't work for you. We try to take things into our own hand. Paul said it's God who's at work in you to will to and to work for his good pleasure. Let him work. Keep praying and say, God, I release you to work. You promised that you would work for me. I release you to do that. Here's the fourth promise to pray when it seems prayer won't work. God said, I will heal you. Remember the prayer of Jeremiah in chapter 17? Hear him, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. God can heal sins. God can heal wounds. God can heal pains. God can heal sicknesses. He's the healer of all our diseases. With his stripes we are healed. James asked, Is there anybody among you suffering? Are you sick? His answer, let him pray. Why does prayer work? Because prayer calls forth the character and the purpose of God. He is the healing God. In Jeremiah chapter 30, God promises, I will restore health to you. Your wounds I will heal because they have called you an outcast for whom no one cares. I will show you how much I care. I will care for the uncare. I will heal. God promises these things. When prayer doesn't seem to work, remind God, he's the healer. Here's the fifth promise. God says, I will provide for you. I Can I get a witness to this? Okay, I'm just going to get, I'm just going to have to stop and get a witness to this. Maybe I'm strange. Don't, don't respond to that part of the statement, okay? But I I need to get a response from you. Would you say that financial problems are like no other problems we face? They perplex us. They stress us out. And we can begin to doubt God, I think, more quickly in the area of finances than anything else. They stress us. Can, can I, can I get a witness to that? But the Lord is promising you something. I will provide for you. I will provide for you. He is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I, I know sometimes we make financial mistakes. I know we err in spending and budgeting and charging on our credit cards and counting on resources that disappear, relying on promises made, next raise, bonus, promotion. I know we make mistakes. We should be good stewards and we understand that. But beneath it all is the promise of God that what you would do for your earthly children, how much more will your heavenly father do for you? He watches over you. He sees you through. And when you pray, you claim that promise. Give us this day our daily bread. That manna that will see me through today that provision 
And God, when I pray and it doesn't seem like prayer is working, I'm going to pray your provision and I'm going to pray your promise that I may not have what I always want, but I'm always going to have what I need. God says, I will be with you. God says, I will go before you. God says, I will work for you. I will heal you. I will provide for you. Then there's two more promises to pray when it seems prayer won't work. I love this promise. The sixth promise, I will give you peace. I'm not sure about you, but in this last year, I've been quoting a lot of peace scriptures in my prayers. We've seen so much to make people get distressed. We're seeing so much acting out all around us. Hearts are angry, disturbed, confused. I pray peace. I pray shalom. I pray peace into the situation. Grace and peace. Grace, the New Testament greeting. Peace, the Old Testament greeting. I, When I say peace, I'm speaking his name. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. Government shall be on his shoulder. He'll be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. He will be called the prince of peace, the author of peace. He is the peace speaker, the peace bringer, the peacemaker. The psalmist said the Lord gives strength to his people and the Lord blesses his people with peace. I pray his blessings on you today. I pray the blessing of peace. I like what Isaiah said, though the mountains are shaken, the hills are removed. God promises a covenant of peace for all of us, that we can have peace in our lives. When you pray, and prayer's not working. Pray for peace. You're praying the promise of God. You're praying the purpose and the person of God. Jesus said, I told you these, these things so that in me, you may have peace. I speak peace in my prayers. And finally, the seventh promise to remember to pray when prayer won't work. God promises, I will always love you. God is love. He doesn't just love. He is love. Always, unconditionally, God loves. It's a reservoir that is without dimensions. The length, the width, the breadth, the height, that you may know the love of Christ that surpasses understanding. He loves us. He gave himself for us. One of my favorite verses is, is found in Zephaniah, and I, I love the to read, and I encourage you, Zephaniah 3.17, if you just look at the different translations of this verse, it's one of those verses that you just, you, you, see a, you see a dad rejoicing over his children. Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one, who will save. He will rejoice over you. One translation says he will dance over you with gladness. He will quieten you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. His love for you is not shallow. It's not superficial. It's not fickle. It's not faithless. It never changes. You may deny him. He doesn't deny you. He loves you. And when you pray, come in the spirit of Hannah, 
the spirit of grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Prayer works because it's based on the promises of God. And when you begin to pray those promises, those promises are attached to his person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It was Joni Erickson Tata who once wrote, just think every promise God has ever made finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. God doesn't just give you grace. He gives you Jesus, the Lord of grace. If it's peace, it's only found in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Even life itself is found in the resurrection and the life. Christianity, she wrote, Christianity is not that complicated. It's Jesus. It's found in him. That's why we pray in his name. When we pray in his name, we are claiming all 7,500 promises of God. I gave you seven of them. I will be with you. I will go before you. I will work for you. I will heal you. I will provide for you. I will give you peace and I will always love you. So when prayer won't work, begin to claim those mighty promises of God and watch God unfold that prayer. Hannah, pray the promises of God. And one day, a Samuel will be born. A gift will be given to you. So selfless, so sacrificial, that it will be the ultimate gift that you want to give back to God. Because God has a way. Wait on him. He is at work. Would you Would you just throw out a prayer request or two right now as we come to a close in this devotion today? I, I believe that all prayer is powerful, but prayer in two and prayer in agreement just is exponentially more powerful. And when someone hits a thumbs up, a heart, or agrees with you in prayer, there is a even, there is a heightened chance that God is going to see that prayer answered in your life. When prayer won't work, pray those seven promises of God. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of it. See some of you tonight, first Wednesday. See all the rest of you tomorrow. And may the Lord be with you. Share this with others. And let's see some prayers answered. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.